0: Now we're recording, and we yeah, missed a whole we missed fart. We missed a whole freddy fart shit yourself <laughs> session. You know, we that was just a warm up. People, oh, I,
1: I'm sorry, I thought we were being recorded. It's That's it's, it's too I delivered.
0: Well, I'm surprised. I'm like, why is he going into bit mode? Mm. I don't know if we can recreate it. Your, your Grandpa Fred was in try. the war. <laughs> Let's Give try. it a, give it a
1: shot. You know, and see how. um Sure. How phony or stilted it stands as we <laughs> act our way through this. All right. Uh,
2: story, Dan, let's Dan see how, is, how did it start?
1: No, how
0: did it start? Oh. It started with, uh, we were talking about uh, the haze, there was, well, which, which we'll no, get no, back no. to. We had mentioned there was some haze in the air.
1: That's show material. That wasn't comedy gold. No. No, and Dan then, sat,
0: no, I'm talking about how we got into it.
1: Because Dan sat down and said, oh, I right, had a right. sneezing fit. Yes. And I said, as you get older, it goes from sneezing fit to sneezing shit. Yes. You, you sneeze and shit yourself. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's one of those things. And I said, you know, we'll all have to deal with that. And I said, my grandfather, Fred, who I was named after, he had emphysema. He only had one lung, gassed in the war. And, uh, you know, in his upper, uh, you know, when he got older, he would cough and fart. <coughs> And we all we we would all laugh at it, and it got to the point where he didn't just he didn't care anymore. He mm-hmm. would just cough and fart, and then make a comment or a joke about it. Yes, he would. Yeah. So there's a bit of a reenactment, not as titillating <laughs> as the first <laughs> <I> time because <gasps> cause you guys had heard it.
0: No, but you know what? It, it did. I think it was important. I think it's important. <laughs> I think it was important we revisited another Humble and Fred fart shit bit. Okay. Fart shit bit. Yeah.
1: Yeah, if I hear one more shit story, fuck you. <laughs> anyway. Oh. oh, fuck man. Seriously, you think I fucking have trouble getting over shit? Dude, le- leave it be. B- leave oh, it behind. Oh, you love that story. I do. I do. Uh, hey, listen. You know what's what's great about this whole internet thing? You just think my grandfather died in 1968, I believe. Yes. Um or 67. Yes. Here we are talking, like, you know, people can live on forever. Like this oh, podcast yeah. is going to live on forever. My grandkids <laughs> and their grandkids could hear this podcast one day. That's right. And I will reference this man that died in uh, 1967, uh, was born in 1899. It's pretty cool when you think about it.
0: It is pretty cool. And the thing about our, you know, our descendants will only have to listen to one show because it's all the same, hard shit bits.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Toronto Studios, our Brampton facility with a pool, and from Lisa's house in Peterborough, and is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, Architect, Outdoor Living, and our newest sponsor returning to the Humble and Fred show because they missed us, Palma Pasta. Palma. I Oh, and now, here are two men who, frustrated with the lack of Queen Victoria interest, created a long weekend caravan that will celebrate the Queen's influence in bringing together the four original provinces to form the Dominion of Canada. Two routes, from their houses to a golf course and to a beer fridge in a trailer park. Long live <laughs> Queen V, the mother of Confederation. Up. It's Humble and friend.
0: Wow. That was pretty Fantastic. complicated. Fantastic, yes, but complicated. Uh, we're working tomorrow. Uh, that'll be the uh the end of that run for a while, but uh long weekends coming up. And uh we had uh referenced the uh you know, I didn't notice it until you reminded me from yesterday that there was uh there was kind of an overcast haze. It it wasn't really overcast now that I think of it, but it was kind mm-hmm. of like this haze that came over I was up in the escarpment most of the day right and you're saying that smoke is coming from a distant fire known as Alberta
1: yeah it hops on the jet stream and uh we uh experienced the uh the effects of it yesterday and uh it was just a weird feel when I was out yesterday. Again, you th- you think overcast, then you look at the sky, and then you could see a little blue. It was just weird, yeah. and I had a weird feel too. I think it it affects the temperature in a different way than uh, cloud cover does as well. I want to say that I I felt that exact mm-hmm. thing because it there it was almost
0: like there was because my the temperature in my car was like twenty two or twenty three, but there was no warmth to the to the air. It had taken some of the uh, And it reminded me a little bit of uh, That summer, a few summers ago I was in Victoria When it was uh, super smoky And even though the temperature read higher, it just felt And again, it's by the water, but it just felt Cooler But uh, Dan, uh, Freddie and I were checking out the temperatures In your home province of uh, Alberta And uh, They're having quite the uh, spring
2: Summer We're having spring-fall here in Ontario (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's true, but don't forget that what we're getting, we're experiencing with the smoke here. There, uh, that's th- threefold. They're having air quality statements in Calgary and Edmonton, and yes. down into uh, the south. Yes, but at least it's twenty-nine uh, degrees. Oh, okay, let's play.
1: Would you rather? Would you rather have a twenty-nine? <laughs> yes, <laughs> and bush fires creating an air quality issue, or uh, what well, we are today, thirteen, and say clear, if in fact we are. Or I don't know if the smoke will still be an issue for us today. Apparently, it moved through. I don't know. Yeah, right
0: now, by the way, in case you're curious or you're watching this on Facebook from out west, it's one degree. Mm-hmm. Oh, here we go.
1: Why don't you want to play with Joe?
0: I want oh. to play smoke from a distant
1: fire. Oh, okay.
0: Now you would have not played this in one of your groovy uh, CFNY modes, but Dan and I played the shit out of this oh, when we were sure. when we were top forty DJs.
1: Let me hear. It. I don't.
0: Sanford Townsend Band, Boom
3: 97.3 There yeah, you
0: go. You hit that,
1: yeah.
0: You don't recognize this, Freddie?
1: Uh, big. Road, right wow. Out from under my life.
0: This is one of those uh, yacht rock songs.
3: hanging
0: out to the chorus. Don't worry, no. Yeah, we're just gonna just get the chorus. Smoke, Smoke.
1: Smoke. Smoke. From, Smoke. from under this Oh, uh, we should have never left the chorus.
0: <laughs> oh, Can you imagine you're a therapist? Okay, so tell me once again, Mr. Patterson Yes, you shouldn't have gone to the mix We know I don't even lie. If, I
1: don't if lie. you haven't caught on by now I'm just feeding you those lines oh, really? no hope it's for you oh,
0: Really? Is there no hope for me? Yeah, it's a bit That's why your neck bulges every time I bring it up
2: oh, I can't! I've never gone!
0: <laughs> Mr. Patterson, it's okay. Oh, okay. One day he'll get over business it. Business, <laughs> when this sw- to be on his
3: tombstone?
0: <laughs> no, it's like, it will be. No, when the sweet's relief of death.
1: If I ever went to a psychiatrist, I'd be screwed because I cannot lay in a couch without falling asleep, especially in my advanced stage. What would the point be?
4: Yeah, especially
0: when you're, uh, you know, coughing and farting and. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Anyway, but uh, yeah, I can't, so you—that I don't know where you would have been. That would have been a song on
1: Chum AM at some point. Oh, I'm sure. I've heard, I'm sure I've heard it. It doesn't ring a super bell for me, to be honest. But I'm sure it sounds like a nice ditty that it I is would have a heard ditty. along the way.
0: Yeah. Da- Daniel, <clears throat> yes, Daniel. Yes. Uh, what are we doing? A couple things yeah. uh, I've been curious about. Uh, where did I put this?
2: I looked at 76 is when Smoke from a Distant Fire was released. There you go. In 77, 78.
0: Yeah, hear about this. Well, we would have played that uh, at CHAB, Saskatchewan
2: Super 8. Super 8, yeah.
1: Let's put it this way. If you guys, if you had not played that and said to me, do you know the song Smoke from a Distant Fire, my response would have been No. Even the title—that's <laughs>
0: uh, you know what—and and, and people wonder if we if we act this show out. This is all dialogue. Uh, mm-hmm. You, but you have some vague familiarity with it at all? No?
1: Well, once I hear it, it's yeah, it sounds like the type of thing you know, ten fifty chum or whatever. Yeah, forty seven
0: percent, Dan. That is the share of internet traffic that came from bots in twenty twenty two, according to a report by Imperva up five percent, uh, the highest level. In eight years. And I read that story. I put this away a couple days ago. And I said, I kind of ask Dan. Maybe, wow. maybe Fred has this answer. But here's the thing. I'm going to say it out loud. I don't care if it makes me sound stupid or old or uninformed or whatever. How do I know? How does a person know? Say, the only social media I really interact with is... Twitter in terms of interactivity Meaning, like I go to TikTok and I watch Golf videos, and I go to uh, Instagram to see how a Charlie's dog Is doing, but the only interactivity Dan that I have is on Twitter How do I know, is, this, is, is that a stupid Question, by the way? How what? do you oh.
2: know what bots are? Please explain Well, it's like junk mail I would guess, I mean, I don't, I'm not an Expert in bots, but basically You're not the bot expert? It, Not a bot expert, but they uh, emulate what a person would do as much as they possibly can in order to infiltrate your, you know, social media experience. So they may, you know, do a request and say stuff that's sort of innocuous, like, Mm. hey, how you doing or whatever. So to get your friend request and then just sort of create a fake, a fake uh, profile or. Yeah. So you accept them and then they start, you know, I guess, interacting with you in a way that uh, that is so generic that uh, you don't i mean i mean that's, that's that i mean that's i don't know
0: okay I've, I've i've had a request from some young asian women on twitter I'm, I'm being serious where i'll get a request and i know they're bots that that's obvious
1: no they want to nail you
0: mm. yeah they, they do looked you up and they looked mm-hmm. me up and went hey there's the old jewish guy that of my dreams <laughs> yeah so i get that 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 what you said is sort of like uh, trash some spam email whatever but but Fred how do you like like when I go to an account it seems legit when they say that 47 percent of internet traffic came from bots I know they're not just talking about social media they're talking about inbounding spam and and all kinds of crap like that
1: well that's why the whole thing is putrid now two great examples if you want uh, examples of bots Donald Trump's uh, Truth Social. Have you ever um, signed up for that and just had a look through it? No. I have. It's very simple. So anything that he writes, there's a lot of criticism if you scroll right down, but they've organized it in such a way, no matter what he posts now, immediately positive Donald Trump bots come through. You know, quoting great, great things he's apparently said, accomplishments he's done, which you can, you know... You can imagine, you know, that would be well looked after because, as I say, it's open for a lot of criticism, but it's buried by these bots. Another one is Alex Ovechkin of the Washington Capitals. Since the war in Ukraine and his association with Putin, he's showing up on uh, social media a lot now. The Alex Ovechkin uh, Facebook page I've seen And it's just about his accomplishments, things he's done. And if you click through, there's all sorts of bots celebrating the great Alex Ovechkin. And I think that was organized by his people to sort of get ahead of the criticism of being a friend of of Putin. They're obviously bots because a lot of them repeat a lot and a lot of them are of the same flavor. You can just they're coming from the same source. You can you can just feel it.
2: Yeah, and bought, and bought accounts mm-hmm. will repeat the same uh, link a lot. Okay. <laughs> yes.
1: You yes. know,
0: and then, I'm, well, again, I didn't, I wanted to bring it up because I saw this story about the increase in traffic, but I thought, you know, am I just dumb? I mean, I guess, like I said, these young Asian women, and, and I'm being serious. I get it. Maybe you guys have had this, too, where yeah. it happens on my Instagram account sometimes. It's happened several times, and it's happened on Twitter, where I'll get a new message request, and I just sort of look at it, and it's like a, it's, they have 13 followers. I get that. Right. That's a computer-generated profile and then i was going to say i also get that there's a lot of inbounding you know uh bot traffic when you show an interest in anything all of a sudden it starts showing up in your in your feed i get that it's the it's the social media stuff that i just find fascinating because as you explained freddie if you don't look closely enough it, it looks like real people
1: yes you know it's just ads too the cesspool that all has become because think about it you said it right off the top how do i know and when you're in a situation where you're looking for news or updates or pop culture whatever it might be sports and you're not quite sure that it's legitimate what's the point of any of it so, I'm uh, to me, it's actually good news for the actual news outlets. And, of course, that's a whole other conversation about whether you can believe them. But at least if I, like right now, I'm on CTV News. I know most of what I'm reading there is legit. It might be slanted, whatever. But, again, when you just use social media generally for, for your information, man, it's like, that's why people will sit in a room and come up with outrageous <laughs> comments or positions because they've read it uh, through some bot well and 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 listen there's there's the bots that we're talking about where it's in
0: it's sort of inbounding or uh, it's, uh, it's, it's suggesting uh, information that you've shown interest in or social media that supports or you know you, you basically are inbounded opinions that you agree with where i think it gets on uh, and, and i think we're going to be You know, I'd hope that we could maybe bypass the whole AI thing because I thought I'm not really. I said this to you guys a few months ago. I thought to myself, I'm not really interested in getting invested in something. But unfortunately, I mean, they were there was a guy at uh, Congress yesterday. I don't have it in front of me, but I read it this morning. They're really. I heard heard some clips from him. Yeah, Yeah. they're really worried. More so than I think. Again, I I think we're going to have to get interested in this topic because. You want to talk about just what we've spoken about so far. You know, you, you, you express an interest in, you know, out, architect outdoor living. We have a conversation about that. All of a sudden, you start getting a lot of inbounding for patio uh, stuff. You know what I mean? As associated information. That's one step. But, you know, we had that thing Freddie had uh, given us, uh, suggested that thing from the, uh, the election here in Toronto. Yes. About three, four weeks ago, we played some artificial intelligence, sort of fake, uh, deep fake kind of ads that had politicians saying things they weren't saying. And that There's, is, I'm just going to finish yeah. by saying, I think that's the the, we're all going to have to get interested in this because that is coming. And this guy that testified before Congress yesterday, they're worried about it because it could have global... And, uh, you know, again, this is the Terminator. It's going to have global implications because of the ability to fake all kind of stuff that could cause not un- not only unrest, but unrest in the markets and the economy.
1: Well, jump, how that, jump in if you agree or disagree. Well, how that how that issue or situation has exploded. I'm reading yesterday. Just imagine this. These guys got I guess this girl they knew, they got her voice and they AI'd it, phoned her grandmother and had her saying she was in trouble and she needed money. Yes. It sounded like her her granddaughter. So and it wasn't like it, it was clear. She thought it was her granddaughter, and these bastards are playing. Like, had hey, "Grandma, I need some money. They're holding me or whatever." And her grandma freaks out, and then luckily, apparently, made a call to verify it. But how often have we heard old people get sucked into stuff like that? But already at that level, it's being used for evil. Oh yeah, it's scary. It's scary.
0: No, I'd, I'd read that story, and that wasn't that just didn't happen yesterday. That happened a, a little while ago because
2: I read it. You know, well, f-
1: whatever, like yeah, the last. It, but, it's a new, but it it's it's a
2: new so. take on an old scam. Exactly. But that, yeah. But what you were uh, referring to that that uh, that uh, I guess whatever that committee that he the guy was testifying from OpenAI. Yes. It was almost pleading with the government, please do something to regulate it. Exactly. Right, which is what not governments are very good.
1: at <laughs> jump, jumping how would, on it? How would that how
0: how? Well, make it make make some regulations around falsifying somebody's identity would be number one. I mean, because there are... Think about what you just described. Oh, by the way, this is the Terminator theme. Everyone thought Terminator... <laughs> everyone thought that the, if you listen to the beginning... I know if you're not a science fiction guy, but if yeah. you listen to the beginning of the very first Terminator, the James Cameron, uh, the original one, where it talks about basically this, that the artificial intelligence became so intelligent it decided to get rid of human beings because it didn't need us anymore
1: okay but as far as you're asking these people that obviously are evil at the root to now abide by the law like so like there's like i don't know how do you enact anything to prevent It's like gun laws or whatever, drug laws, or people are still going to do it. Well, they're still going to do it, but let's say those guys,
0: just as a great example, and an easy-to-understand example. Yes. Think about what you just described, but think about if that were illegal, or if there was regulations around falsifying your identity, to extort, to threaten, to uh, whatever... I mean, yeah. listen, they make regulations about all kind of things. But the, if, as Dan said, if the guy from whatever, OpenAI, is testifying, literally saying to the government, you better get... And they're by the way, those, testify, those testimonies are happening all over the planet. You look at almost every government, and it would be interesting maybe to have this conversation with Tony today. Almost every government you can think of is trying to get their heads around it. And as I said at the beginning of this uh, essay... I had really hoped a few months ago. I may have said this to Dan. I I just don't have to. I just just you know. I I don't want to. I don't want to learn new stuff. I'm fucking tired of learning new things. Well, you don't have to. Well, you. But you kind of have to be aware of this because it is going to be a big issue, and we're not going to. The three of us old fellas. Yes. We're not going to be able to avoid it. We're just not going to. It's going to affect us
1: it's going to be yeah a cop out for us we'll be able to say okay you you guys worry about that's what i'd hoped i told you too and you guys you don't believe me the day this show ends the next day i go and get a flip phone i'm telling you it's gonna happen if you need me that bad you'll have my number i'm i'm going to take that out of my hand that's going to be my first step I'm getting a flip phone, and you laugh and go, "Ha ha!" You won't watch me. I Just don't. First of all, watch me.
0: No one's laughing and going, ha ha, "Ha ha!" Okay, no one's paying that much attention. Is a cave step two? Yeah, no, but, but and that's fine. Listen, and that's fine Maybe. for you, mm-hmm. but you know and that's I, I, I respect it I do and I'm not oh, thank
1: mocked. you for the respect Howard thank you yeah, for respect.
0: Too, I respect it. you, you, too. Respect you showed no, me so much no. respect I didn't say I respect you I said I respect that
4: <laughs> easy now easy <laughs> easy now
0: easy boy easy there big fella easy there bigs
2: well here's something but let me know if, gonna, let me just finish wait down. a minute I,
0: I respect that but I don't understand it because there's so much on the phone other than social media for me I'm just saying for me There's Mm -hmm. dozens of things on this phone, including how I learn Spanish every day that I would not want to give up. That wouldn't be available on the flip phone. I get what you're saying. And when I say I
2: respect it, I get that. I respect that as a concept. Dan, what were you going to say? I was just going to say with the AI thing, they're talking about not necessarily this coming election in America, but the one after. That's going to be a huge deal as far as AI goes as as commercials start coming about, out, as 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 quotes from politicians are manufactured by AI and you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between the real guy and this fake guy saying something. That's, Don, uh,
0: Donaldo, you know. if rinky-dink Toronto mayoral candidates found a way to yes. somebody, if that happened in this local um, schmokal election th- and with some dudes here in Toronto, think about what people are going to do in man. governments. It's just think about it, man.
1: Dan, in the early state, like last summer, Colton is reproducing your voice. or Yeah. Run a, like at that level, a kid sitting in a trailer with his computer can do that. Like, right. I mean, just think of the possibilities. And Howard, let me just clarify when I say that. Here, I'm still going to have a like a laptop computer and stuff, but I'm going to have to go to it for those moments. I just don't want it in my hand anymore. That's all. all you right. know what I mean? I just, I don't... Because I even find myself, you're sitting there with your phone and you're just subconsciously scrolling. Like, for what? I, I just, and the thing is, it's, it, it connects me more than I want to be. So if if I have to go to another room and sit down and, uh, you know, open my laptop, that's a different story. Of course I'm going to have that. You have to. I just don't want it in my hand anymore. Once And, I and again, to. when I, I yeah.
0: say that, yeah. with respect, <laughs> with respect, man, with,
1: with respect. respect, respect. Don't man. disrespect me. Don't respect me,
0: man. Don't disrespect <laughs> You don't, respect my, uh, you don't respect my phone. You don't respect it. Uh, that's the weird thing about being this connected is that, yeah. so how do you give it up? I mean, you can give it up and, you know, as Dan said, you know, next thing is a cave. But that's not what he's saying. He's saying he doesn't want to have, I mean, I, although I'd say of the people I know in my circle of uh, whatever, you are the one of the hardest to get a hold of already.
1: Yes, because I try to, when I'm just doing stuff around the house, I just try and have a throwback um, attitude. Like, I take my phone and I put it on my, my desk, and I don't have it on me when I'm around the house cutting the lawn and stuff like that, because I don't need it. Because, again, if it's that I come in and check it, and if there's something horrible going on, then it's, you know, 1986 again. I'll find out that way. You know, like... Like I would have, you know, I would I'm, have found I'm out a, a few minutes later.
0: I'm the same know. way on the golf course. I you know, I basically yeah. turn my phone on, you know, vibrate or turn off the ringer at the beginning, and I had for like five hours not touched the phone. mm mm-hmm. um, because and you know, at the odd time I'll look at it see if one of the kids has left the alarm on, you know, whatever. Is your
2: cassette machine still working for
1: you? <laughs> <laughs> Dad Duran. I respect that. I respect Can it. Can I, I'll tell you something. In 1992, Geats Romo got them for me through CFNY. I bought the kids a couple of Ghetto Blasters. Can you say Ghetto Blasters anymore? Uh, I don't know. So I said in, Ghetto in Blasters. In the ghetto. And they've been around here for like over 30 years now. And they're in the garage on a shelf. And I can't bring myself to throw them out because at the time it was so big they they had a CD player and a cassette player and had a great sound and the kids were thrilled and for years I would hear those things booming out of their bedrooms and they don't want them now anymore. So I actually do have a couple of cassette machines in the garage, and I can't bring myself to dump them for sentimental reasons.
0: Here's a funny thing. I, I'm, I'm not sure if you guys still have it because we're old radio guys, but Rachel used to make, Rachel used to make fun of the fact that on my side of the bed, I still had a clock radio with two alarms. <laughs> seriously, oh, yeah. it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's still, and it has a nice, it's got pretty decent little speakers, uh-huh. but I've had it literally since we started working together. And it's, you know, I don't use it for anything Because right next to it is my Google speaker Which I can, hey, Google, anything Hey, Google, play some Waves You know, because Daddy needs some Waves when he sleeps
1: I have a 12 uh, I have a transistor radio A little box transistor radio I got for my 12th birthday I still have it, I still use it for Jay's games And uh, Danny has said more than once That when I'm gone, he wants that radio but again, it's a sentimental thing, and <laughs> you know what it you... still works after all these years. It's crazy, you know? you know.
0: I can just see you there walking around with your flip phone and your transistor radio and your fucking butter churn. Come on, listen. You <laughs> know that
1: that just makes me warm and fuzzy when I think yeah, of no that, kidding. Actually,
0: listen. Yeah. I was a big deal in our house because we had the same little box uh, rectangular transistor radio mm-hmm. in the kitchen, which mm-hmm. we listened to CKCK CK and CHAB on. Sure. It was a big deal when my mm-hmm. dad let me take it to my room. Yeah, And I would fall asleep listening to the radio, and yeah. my father would come and then take it out and put it back in the kitchen. It was a big oh, wow. deal. Yeah. That, was, that was a yeah. big step in my evolution sure. as a radio listener was when well, I, I could listen it. to it myself. Yeah. I love those stories. Thank oh, you. Dan. Dan, Dan. Anyway, back to the uh, bots and the AI. Like I said, I think it was I was in Mexico I called Dan. I was talking about something, and I just remember thinking or saying to you, like, I understand yeah, the I understand. effort... I don't want to make the effort to I'm trying to learn a second language right now. I can't learn about
2: bots and chatting and AI and <sighs> I remember in the in the around the time that Colton did that that thing for us where he, you know, emulated my voice with the AI. Mm-hmm. His take on AI at that point from that point on he said in 5 years the amount uh, that AI will change our society it, it, it could make it quite unrecognizable. Mm-hmm. And now then the disturbing uh, nature of it and the jobs and, you know, the futures of a lot of people will be, you know, really, really upset because uh, the, the whole infrastructure of our world. I mean, it, it's not like a Star Trek experience we found out so far where, where you know, the more you get to. Uh, the more free time you have, the more you can do creative things and all that, and mm. we'll all, you know, live in a lovely world. It's just going to be the rich people getting richer, mm-hmm. and you know, everybody else is going to be there's a dystopian future. There's part of a Terminator future. So, um, one more story as far as
1: bots and and how social media is influenced. You know, you you, you got to suspect everything. You know, this Bud Light thing, they took a huge hit with their market share. Mm-hmm. So ridiculous. Well, now Miller Lite is under fire. Oh yeah, what, they, who
0: would they offend?
1: Well, it's um, what is it? It's uh, Miller Lite now under fire for celebrating women. Okay, mm. it's Women's History. Oh, it was Women's History Month in March, and apparently Miller Lite came out with this ad because their their ads used to be back in the '80s and they're pretty misogynist about you know it was. They just were. They had a bunch of misogynist commercials that they literally apologized for. And then they pr- produced some online uh, commercials celebrating women. And the fact that, you know, it's not just men that drink beer, blah, blah, blah. Well, now they're under fire. So Bud Light takes that huge market hit for their transgender thing. And now Miller. Now I'm thinking, who's behind this Miller Light thing? It seems rather innocent. But the benefactor of the Bud Light uh, situation was Miller Lite. People didn't buy Bud Light. They bought Miller Light. So now, and again, probably not, but I'm thinking, could the Bud Light people be behind this attack on Miller Lite? Who knows? Who knows?
0: Well, you know, the answer is uh, we don't know, but why not, you know?
1: Why not? You know, business is dirty.
0: Business but, uh, is dirty.
1: And again, all these attacks, uh, you know, these attacks aren't done on television when you sit down in front of your TV. They're all done online because that's how to influence people now. It's a funny little country, that United States of America. Now they're, you know, they're being woke because they're... Recognizing women. Like, you know. And they that's right. Are they gonna to start
0: to shoot? is the Kid Rock gonna start shooting up Miller light cans? Uh Dan, I don't know if you have any plans for the upcoming uh is it Victoria? We celebrate Victoria? Victoria Day, yeah. Victoria Day, Day in the in, in, yeah. in the States it's uh, Memorial Day. I think is there- Oh, okay. I think that's what they, they... Yeah, I think it's memorial. Yeah. Uh, well, it's certainly a So So, uh, if you're having any long weekend plans uh, across the country, if you're listening to us, the union representing the WestJet pilots issued a strike notice, meaning 1,850 mm-hmm. pilots could hit the picket line as soon as Friday, which uh, would leave flights grounded as they negotiate. Uh, pilots want more job security, decreased schedules, and higher pay. Uh, I brought it up because uh, I've got a, a, well, I think two, maybe more. But my first two flight instructors here in Burlington, great guys. This is how many years ago now? 2003. So the first two guys, the one guy I started with, uh, he left pretty quickly. And then the second guy, my buddy Jamie, He uh, took me right to my first pilot's license, and he went on to fly for WestJet. Both of them fly for WestJet now. Mm. The thing is, I don't want to say the number. Well, I will, actually. If people knew how little money the people in charge of their lives in the sky made, they would be horrified. Horrified. Because when we were kids, I don't know about you guys mm-hmm. I always thought like pilots were making A lot of money, those yeah. you know Captains of a plane was making Hundreds of thousands of dollars you, And a few of them are but you don't make money in that industry as a, as a pilot until well into your career, until you've been there for twenty years. And I'm, when I say make money, we're not talking about rich people money. We're talking about a few hundred thousand dollars. I think the highest uh, paying airline, I think, is either Cathay Cathay, Cathay Pacific Cathay
3: Cathay Pacific
0: Cathay <laughs> Pacific, where they some of their senior pilots are making in the threes and four hundreds. And I could be wrong, but I'm thinking like, you know, again, top end for an Air Canada WestJet senior pilot in their 50s is in the few hundreds of thousands. But what it is for those guys flying WestJet regionally, entry level, the guys that used to teach me, like some of them are making 35 grand a year. Forty-five. What? Yes, dude. You know, for, when you're in the right seat, you're the junior pilot. You're the first officer. That right. means you might have. I'm just going to pick a number. You might have a thousand to fifteen hundred hours in your career so far. A lot of that is instructing. That's how why pilots. why guys instruct is to get hours because you need hours to get up Mm -hmm. in the industry. Those guys might be have had five to seven years of flying. They've got young families. They're in their late 20s, early 30s, and they're making thirty five to forty five to fifty five thousand dollars a year. And that person's in charge of your not dying for a couple hours. To me, it's always seemed absurd. But the reason it exists is because lots of people want to do that job. And and guys that love flying want to fly those planes. So I could be off by some number, but it ain't much more.
1: What you're saying is isn't what you think
0: it is. It isn't what you think it is. Mm-hmm. You remember there was an accident, a, tra- a, a fatal a fatal accident in Buffalo, a few years ago. I would have, could have been ten years ago. Whatever. A small regional U.S. airline mm-hmm. flew, and it was you know it's a small plane, you know smallish jet. And uh, it was a the the it was at the time there was a lot of uh, mm-hmm. a lot of demand for pilots. It turned out that the, the experience of the two pilots was so low, but they were both making thirty thirty five grand a year.
1: You know what's scary about that? I think a TTC bus driver makes more than that entry level. I really believe that. So just think about that. <laughs> Let me just see
0: if I'm,
2: I'm, you know, I'm, I'm my, my numbers could be a little bit off. I, I did a quick search and it's like the can range entry level is around 42,000 okay. up to two, right. 266 so, in that area. So 42,000. So I'm not way off. No. So
0: you're a guy or a woman because women can fly too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of my favorite YouTube channels is these two uh, very attractive Swedish women that fly They fly there. They fly seven hundred, you know, seven thirty sevens and things. I just like watching them work. I just do. Mm -hmm. So uh, (laughs) it's just to me. They have (laughs) beautiful propeller going. (laughs) 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 They do. They have beautiful Mm -hmm. soft skin, and the two of them Uh seem to know how to handle a fucking big tin baby. Uh Um, So what is it? So forty two thousand is entry level, (laughs) all the way to two (laughs) fifty. Is that 260, what you, 260. 260. So, yeah, right, so 260. That's, a, that's a senior pilot with years of experience, making 260. Um, that well, why it's, apparently, yeah. apparently why it's happening is that uh, Delta pilots in the U.S. scored a huge new contract, according to this story, that gave them a 34% pay increase over four years. WestJet pilots are demanding a North American standard contract that would pay them at uh, levels com- com- comparable to U.S. pilots. Air Canada is well, facing similar uh, issues, Dan. It's pilots are, can force negotiations for a new contract at the end of May. So imagine no, if, if WestJet and Air Canada are both on strike. What do we do, Dan? We flip phone it. We go back to the train.
2: <laughs> the trains. <Sometimes laughs> take, trains are better anyway.
0: We take a Greyhound bus. Yeah.
1: But just you think of what's happened to society. You, you know, you mock me. You laugh and stuff. And I also respect, you know, you respect. Just, ha- just again, any given time, any given room. Look around it; it's weird, man. Restaurants, everybody's head down, looking at that phone. And listen, I'm, I, it's me too, and that's why I want to, I want to stop. It's just, and you now kids with it, and it's like, wow, it's really, it's too much. There's a world going on around you, and you're not even seeing it. The way we did as kids, of course, we had, a yeah, different per- per- we had a different perspective on the world and what was going on around us because we didn't have that, whatever you want to call it. Um, we didn't have the world at our fingertips. I,
0: I get it. Right. I respect <laughs> what you're saying. Uh, I started yeah. reading a book. I have a guest on uh, Swing Thoughts. The golf mm-hmm. podcast produced by Humble and Fred um, Company. Uh, we have a guest on. We're recording today, and he has a book that I'm interested in. And I didn't. I decided not to get the digital copy of it because I wanted right. to have it in my hands. And I've been reading it for the last three or four days. You know, sitting here in the, the kitchen table, and it, it is a different experience. Yes, having the physical copy of it in your palms that has a it. it it feels different than when you're just reading more news articles on your phone,
1: right? And that's the thing, you know. I, we're a bit different. Where most of the time I spend on my phone, again, I'm looking at stuff, thinking, "Oh, can we use that on the show tomorrow?" and pushing it over to my Gmail so I don't forget. But again, that we're sort of unique in that way because of what we do, whatever this is. Um, but most people aren't, right? It's just mindless. Little, uh, crap that you could live with live without in a day but uh, the, the whole conditioning of it and the hab- habitual thing of it it's uh, it's sad really anyway next time you get on an airplane have a look up front and
0: uh, just know that those people aren't doing it for a whole lot of dough they're do- mm-hmm. and, and that they're doing it because the real one of the reasons, as I mentioned, they're doing it because they love to fly. I mean, think about it. I mean, it, they love that job so much. They're willing to do it for less than a fucking bus driver.
1: No, no, I get that. But, but at the you same respect, time, Matt. <laughs> if you're a young guy with a family and, you know, at the end of this, you, you're going to be in well, well into the uh, top 1%. It's pretty good incentive. You know what I mean? So you, you sacrifice now for the payoff later. For sure. That's, but That's one aspect of it. No bus driver is going to make 250000 one day. No, exactly. Mm-hmm. But,
0: you know, and, and and that's a lot of years, though, of not making yeah. a great sure. wage. A lot of years to get to two fifty. And by the way, mm-hmm. nowadays, that ain't the 1%. You know what I mean? Like, anyway, we got to go. Dan Duran, are you, will, will you favor us with your news? Yeah, I've got some uh, interesting stuff on the go. Because you know what, I respect hey, I respect your news, Dan I respect you and your news You're going to listen to yesterday's show And then bring up something <laughs> That's right, do <laughs> it three days in a row Because, uh, Dan, if you don't respect yourself Then oh, you can't respect
3: each other respect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you, Dan, we'll uh, see you in a bit Tony Clement joining us uh, I love this song Do you know this song? Oh yeah. Oh come on.
1: Of course I know
3: this song. Kind of you yeah. Take the shit off your face, boy. It's a brand new day.
0: Here we go. R-E-S-B-E-C-T.
3: Respect yourself. Don't uh-huh. die respect yourself.
0: I'll tell you who else we
1: respect, Frederick. Uh, The Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. We have the utmost respect for these people and what they do for small business. Uh, They've created this situation where a small business can have a benefits package. Yes, all these small businesses together can go and purchase insurance at an affordable price. Yes, it works. Go to chamberplan.ca today. Find out what it will cost you. Different levels you can buy in uh, at uh, as well. But uh, the basics that you like to provide for your people, you know, prescriptions and dental, obviously high on the list. They have travel insurance and therapies and other things are offered. Take the time today. Go to chamberplan.ca. Realize and appreciate how this can be part of your world and how you can... Do this for your employees. It's the uh, Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, chamberplan.ca.
0: i tell you well, who else we respect. Put your over Architect, your you're outdoor you're living. Designing and building beautiful backyards since 1980. Hey, you know, that's a long time. Your one stop turnkey backyard renovation partner, locally operated part of the biggest, the biggest deck builder in North America, North Americano. Uh, They're a design build. You know, and we talked to Craig Keats yesterday and maybe that seems obvious. What that means is they're a full service turnkey building partner for their clients. They help create the design right down to an exacting level of detail and then they make sure it gets built to your exact specifications, your backyard, your way, done right. And it makes it simpler for the client. They source the material. They make sure it's meeting uh, building code requirements. They prepare the construction plans. They apply for the benefits. uh, I'm sorry, the permits if they're needed. Benefits. That is a benefit, by the way. And they manage the job site. Working with Archidec ensures that you get what you want and that it's done right. 647-775-9222. That's the number. 647-775-9222. Give them a call. It's just a conversation, get that started and figure out if this is the summer you're going to make your backyard look amazing. com.
1: Okay. Um how about a little quiz right now? I want to throw this by you because oh, I'm sorry, Tony. No, no, that's what fine. We can
0: to- it it's 8, Tony It's Tony time. It's Tony oh, time, but goodness. we can wait. Tony can wait. Tony's not in a big hurry. Well, no, Tony only- maybe
1: Tony could be part of this. They've just released you know, a list of the best restaurants in Canada.
0: Hold, hold on a second. Well, Let's just introduce Tony Clement then. Okay. Because, you mm-hmm.
1: know, some every time I see Tony, he's got mm-hmm.
0: a different vibe. Today he's got like, a, I don't know, cartel vibe going on. Like he's he's got, a, he's like, hey, man, I, it, what's going on with you, Tony?
5: I'm in Washington, D.C. Of course how? you are. Yeah. All right. It's uh, beautiful to be in the United States nation's capital.
0: All right. Well, at one time, this uh, our guest, uh, Fred, as you know, was uh, running the country, basically. <laughs> and uh, and now he is uh, running around trying to make us all believe that Pierre Polyev should be our next leader. But let's leave that aside for now. There's enough of that. Mm-hmm. Let's just put that aside because we're all friends. We're buddies. Tony Clement. it's a nice man. And uh, when was your quiz, Fred?
1: Well, my, I, I, the, the list of the top restaurants in Canada, the top 100, but that's too many. The top 10, if I was to ask you what city in Canada has the most restaurants in the top 10, what would you say? Toronto. Well, that would be the obvious answer, Tonist.
0: But uh, if Fred's asking it that way, I'm going to say it's not Toronto. It'll be Montreal. Montreal. Nope. Yeah. No, no, no. Okay. Then it's something not obvious, like, I don't know,
1: Calgary. Hey. No, Vancouver has four in oh, the top okay. ten. I should have said Toronto. Vancouver. Toronto has two. Montreal has one. Over the 100, Montreal has the most. But in the top ten, the bell ringers. Vancouver, believe it or not, has four of the top ten. Toronto has two. Have you ever been to, um, oh, what's the name of the condo uh, Montreal. Alo or Edulis These are restaurants in Toronto no. that are in the top ten. And there's a restaurant in uh, Cambridge, Ontario, number seven, Cambridge, for crying out loud, called Langdon Hall. Never I've been there. That. Oh, I, Langdon yeah, Hall, yeah, there. sure. Oh, have you? I haven't. Uh, I've Good. been there a few yeah.
0: times, actually. Yeah. Okay. Check this. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, this is the, the flex move, Tony, of all time. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I went there a couple times because uh, this wasn't the, the time, but my ex-girlfriend Rachel and her family love that place. It's a great, that's this restaurant they love. But one time uh, in the lady friend days... We were all in the pilot world. There were six of us. We got into a helicopter at Pearson and landed in the parking lot of Langdon Hall, had dinner, took off, came home. And it was interesting, because that parking lot that night, Tony, was just filled with rich people cars, you know. Mm-hmm. There was some, you know, this and that's, and the BMWs and the Bentleys, and we're all walking
3: up to that. And, and
0: these, oh. it was funny, because we walked out with some people who thought they were rich until they saw us getting into the uh, helicopter, and we're like, see us, suckers.
1: Uh, see, that's uh, top 1% stuff right oh, there. Oh, it right? was. Well, and and awesome. I was, listen, the mm-hmm. helicopter
0: wasn't mine, obviously, but it was a, definitely a top 1%er move.
1: And was the meal good? Like, like I often like I, I think of going to these restaurants, you expect so much that it can't it can't live up to what you would expect walking in. But here's my answer the
0: same way that I really and it's because Fred and I have been lucky enough and I'm sure you have, mm-hmm. Tony, to have had some very expensive meals. I don't it, to me, it's the same way with wine. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have enough palate to appreciate the difference between, say, a 20 ish dollar bottle of wine and a $100 bottle. So the answer to your question was the food. I've been there three or four times. Uh, the food is really, really good. And it's not crazy expensive. It really isn't, Fred. Okay. It's no different than some of the meals we've had together. But it's, I would say it's very good. But do I know if it's like one of the best in the country? Yeah, I, would,
1: I, wouldn't, I wouldn't know. Right. Well, well, Tony, your life as a, uh, a politician, diplomat, a, a diplomat in the <laughs> in the high office you have held, I guess you've got some great restaurant experiences. My goodness,
5: I don't know if I really appreciated it as as much. Uh, like like Howard was saying, you know, my palate is fairly pedestrian. I would say I like mm-hmm. a good prime. I like a good prime rib. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's my idea of a great meal. Prime rib baked potato with all the fixings you mm-hmm. know horseradish uh, so, yeah exactly you know so uh but yeah I sure i had my share fair share of of good dining experiences there was a place i remember in um Brasilia, uh that was called carnivores i don't know if you've heard of this place but it, it's basically uh, all meat dishes of every variety, like kangaroo and crocodile, and and they keep serving it. They come along with these big spikes with, with meat sure. on them, and they mm-hmm. slice it. And uh, eventually, when you're finally like you just can eat no more, you actually raise a white flag to get the table. It, it was awesome.
0: Well, Freddie and I, we we had you'll love this story, Tony. We had this idea that we were going to pitch uh, AM six forty in Toronto. We had this 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 was within right. our last eleven years. We said, "Hey, I have an idea. We what we'll do is we'll." Turn AM 640 into Humble and Fred 640. This is, this is what we actually were selling to Chorus. You to think big, man. That's <laughs> we, awesome. Because this is when Stern had his own channel on Sirius. So we, yeah. we got a hold of the big guy at Chorus, and he thought it was just a, an interesting enough idea, and he took us where, Freddie To one of those restaurants. I don't know the name it of it. It was like, but a, it was, co- yeah, I was going to say Colombian, but it was like a, a full-on meat yeah. festival. And never seen so much meat in my life. And that that happened. At the end, we had to raise a little thing and said, okay, no more meat. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
5: that's it. Oh, and by that's, the way. That's, that's kind of my taste anyway. A, in in
0: case know, you didn't man. hear, Tony, they didn't turn the radio station into a hoveler. Uh, oh, no.
1: Howard, that's a Howard, opportunity missed. But while we're on it, that story, and Tony may be interested in this. Remember, he also danced around the Q107 morning show, too and i was just wondering if it was around that time they were having trouble with uh voldemort the guy. Yeah. voldemort or whatever because he sort of went from there to well, would you guys be available and then he sort of threw the queue thing and that would have been 2013
0: 14 something 13 15,
1: 14 yeah. yeah and we came away going wow that's interesting and then we kept in contact, and it sort of lost steam. But I think it was Brazilian. It was a Brazilian meat restaurant. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so,
0: anyway, yeah. let's switch back to politics. One of the things I, I was talking to Freddie about and, and Dan before you came on today, Tony, and we'll want to find out what you're doing in Washington in a minute. But I, I, a few months ago, when all this stuff about chat, IA stuff and chat GPT and Google and and Microsoft coming up with their own AI stuff, and how I, I, I don't really I said to these guys, I said, I, at one point, I'm like, do I really need to learn new stuff? But now, as the time has gone on, these governments around the planet are, are scrambling to find a way to regulate it, to figure it out, because the people who are some of the people are the, the people that invented it are saying, hey, you got to find a way to regulate this. What are you hearing at the higher echelons of government interactivity?
5: I think people are concerned. Uh, they they see the, the, like it's like anything with new technology or disruptive technology. There are upsides, but there's also fears about downsides. Uh, and and so uh, I think that everybody's trying to grapple with you know how uh, clearly there's going to be something happening that will be disruptive, but how do you minimize the cost to jobs and to the creative class and so on? Like there's a lot of things where, uh, uh, you know, chat GPT and other AI platforms can eliminate some of the drudgery, like uh, no offense to people who write press releases, (laughs) but it's not the Mm -hmm. most uh, exciting part of creativity. And if you can use AI to generate a press release, uh, maybe why not, right? And similarly in radio, you know, the 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. shift, not exactly the most coveted shift, And maybe if that could be an area where there could be, you know, generative AI that that helps in that segment, it's not necessarily the end of the world. But, you know, obviously, the fear is it's not going to it's not going to stop there. And uh, there could be millions upon millions of jobs that are affected.
1: And we're talking, too, from the evil aspect. I don't know if you heard that story a few weeks ago or saw it with the Toronto mayor's race. They, Yeah, I saw that Some of that AI stuff was released and it had, like, Mark Mark Saunders saying stuff that he wouldn't, <laughs> he just, just would a, not say.
5: Yeah, and, you know, deep fakes <laughs> has been a problem for a few years now, but uh, the, the, the power of AI to make that really, like, you just don't know whether this is actually happening or not. It's, mm-hmm. it's quite, quite concerning for sure.
0: And I often wonder, like you mentioned, about writing press releases and you know i don't know i he and i are this is what we do and some people say it's already deep fake but you know we're not going to be i can't imagine anything in our jobs for however much longer we do this would we would avail ourselves of ai technology what about in your line of work whatever that is consulting and being a political operative
5: yeah i mean i i I think it's 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 just at the infancy stages, but already people are kind of toying around with uh, generating stuff and, and seeing, uh, you know, content, if you will. Uh, and there's already been cases. I saw. I saw there was a case. Uh, some uni- uh, some university student who had basically generated a whole paper, but forgot to put. Apparently, there was a. There was a something uh, generated by J- chat gpt at the end of the paper saying uh this is not uh, because chat gpt only goes up to 2021 there there may be some some gaps and he, he that was in the body of the essay that he presented to his <laughs> professor so i didn't work too well there mm-hmm. but uh no it, it's it's disruption but look uh, technology is disruption but humans are always looking to to apply technology in new and different ways and sure over time it does enhance i would say our quality of lives and 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 our ability to live our lives a little bit more comfortably but there are some downsides always
1: yeah you know the snowballing effect it's just how technology advances quicker faster all the time you just have to want you just have to wonder again my grandkids are 10 and 8 when they're Forty years old. What? What's? What is? What? What is it going to be? It's. But that conversation we can't even imagine. Well, that's what, what I mean. mean and and <clears throat> what you
0: just said, almost word for word. And I've had this conversation with you many times. Mm-hmm. Every generation through history has had that conversation. Sure. Well, well mm-hmm. you know, I, I was talking about uh, just before you came on, Tony. I was talking about the possibility of a WestJet pilot strike. Think about. A hundred years ago, our grandparents. My dad was born in the 1920s. You know, C- Fred's grandfather, you said, was born in the 1899. <laughs> I'm sorry, did you, did you? Did you? Yeah. No, I was yeah, just we were, thinking about somewhere. No, but, but no, Go ahead. But yeah. so think about that. Those mm-hmm. people. My parents' parents would have thought, what, what's going on? What will happen with this aviation? What will what will it create? What problems will, as you said, Tony, the technology is always advancing, and there's always that feeling that it's getting out of hand. But eventually, people figure it out. Your grandchildren, my
1: grandchildren, mm-hmm. will figure it out because it will be the world that they're born into. Well, I hope so. But a lot of those technologies didn't enter the home the way this does. So this is a this is is a whole new frontier and of course they're gonna to have to figure it out what you have no choice you got to figure it out
5: so fun fun fact you know there's a writer's strike uh in hollywood and yes throughout north america really the writers guild of america and one of the topics that the wga is putting on the table for negotiation is how to limit ai because they're they're deathly afraid that ai will just just slaughter all of the writers uh, that are, are creating content for hollywood etc
0: jason bateman's uh, sister justine bateman who was i think on family ties we all had a crush mm. on her I just saw an article she's written that ai will threaten the foundation of how these shows are written because you know people have been saying this for years they're mm-hmm. pretty formulaic you know, you just need to plug in some parameters: the crazy neighbor, the 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 bully at school, etc. All the
1: archetypes, and then they can just spit out scripts. You know what, Howard? Uh, um, Danny, my son, showed me something a couple of weeks ago. It's an app where you can go into this app, and you can say, "I want to go on this trip. I want to make these stops. I want to spend this much money." And within seconds, an itinerary comes out. Sure, like it's it's. You know, and I mean, it goes to the writers, right? You give them the formula. You give the AI the formula for a sitcom, and bam! What do you need a writer for? There it is, boom!
5: I'm sure travel agents are enthralled by that new app. I'm sure. Yeah.
0: Well, we've had that conversation too, Tony. That you know, like Fred and I. We, you know, we do a show is uh, currently on hiatus called Aging with Energy. Um, but I haven't used a travel agent. I mean, you you're a similar racist. We haven't used travel agents. For years, I brought this up to him. I said, you know, we've planned all this travel we've done recently from my phone, from my computer. There's a a, a typical, uh, uh, the quintessential, I should say, sunset industry, because the next generation like Danny will. There will be a whole group of human beings that have never stepped into a travel agent's office. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah,
5: yeah. I, I'm the same. I, I'd say 95% of my trips I book myself now. Yeah. Well,
0: when you were with the government, though, and this is a legitimate question, those trips were planned by people who planned those trips, I'm assuming.
5: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So there'd be an assistant in my office, my, my scheduler, who would work with a travel agent and… uh Magically, it appeared on my itinerary. Beautiful. And, uh, I, don't, my, I don't have an assistant now, so, mm-hmm. so it's just
1: me. Well, which brings us to the question, why is Tony Clement in Washington, D.C. right now?
5: Yes. Well, uh, every May, I go to Washington, D.C. for a particular event, and then I build other meetings and activities around the event. But oh. there's something uh, called the International Republican Institute. Uh, which is a branch of the Republican Party, but gets sort of public money. There's also a branch of the Democratic Party called the National Democratic Institute. Mm -hmm. And these are um, branches of those parties that promote democracy around the world. That's that's their job. And they get money from, you know, endowments and fellowships to do that. And uh, so part of the IRI program is every year they have something called the John McCain Freedom Award. And they award it to some international cause. Last year, it was uh, Ukraine, uh, so they would award it to the, the the people that were, you know, Zelensky and 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 uh, people that were fighting the Russians in Ukraine. This year, it's the women of Iran that they're awarding the John McCain Freedom Award to, and and so I'll be attending that sort of ceremony. Uh, and um, I've got other sort of meetings sort of around that, so it's it's kind of cool. And you you guys be would be interested because um, the IRI because it was it was basically founded by uh, not founded by but run by John McCain for decades. It's not MAGA Republicans. It's kind of like the last. <laughs> it's like last Liz Cheney Republicans. Stand normal yeah, people. Yeah, normal people. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like it's Liz the, it's Cheney
0: the last type Republicans. Adam of Kiz, Adam Kersinger or whatever his name is. Like regular yeah, people.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, I'm assuming. So uh, you, it's the
0: Republic So George Soros isn't funding your. Um,
5: no, okay, no, good. no, no, he's not. But, but I, I, I did have. Uh, we had a dinner last night, just a few people, and I did ca- capture some intel on the current state of the Republican Party, which I want to bring to your attention because uh, I know you guys are, are interested mm-hmm. in that. And um, you know, it's good news and bad news. Obviously, uh, the Trump has some some headway because uh, a because he. People rally around. It's a natural tendency to rally around a guy that they, they think, you know, some people are trying to pursue him with uh, legal means that mm-hmm. uh, should not be used. So th- there's a natural tendency, a human tendency to try to d- defend a guy who, who's being, quote, persecuted. Uh, but secondly, uh, a lot of Republicans uh, think, well, you know, we got to back this guy because if we don't, he's going to run anyway. And mm-hmm. he'll split the vote, and we'll we'll be we'll be dead. So there's that kind of attitude. But uh, now this is Washington, so it's not a, not all of America by any stretch. But a lot of uh, you know political operatives work in, and and live in the Washington area. There's not a lot of love for Trump in the Republican Party. Mm. There really isn't, and uh, they they really rather have another choice. And uh, if DeSantis jumps in. Right now, he's DeSantis is at 20 percent and Trump is at 60 percent or something like that. But there is some feeling that he might gain some traction against Trump. We'll have to see.
1: Well, you know, what's interesting, too, is this sort of a loss. Trump has claimed that he is not going to take part in any debates, which is which is disturbing because somebody like DeSantis on a stage could expose him in a lot of ways. Well, right, right. you're not going to get the opportunity. And I think from a Trump standpoint, it's brilliant. I mean, it's the cowardly way to go, but strategically, it's probably sure. given his position, it's probably the best best way to go for him. Unfortunately. It's uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's in this uh, John Dur- uh, Durham report thing, and that's not going to hurt him either because yeah. a lot of people, as we were talking yesterday, that might be on the fence and afraid to admit they like uh, Donald Trump will now say, yeah, he is a victim, so maybe I will side with him.
5: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not crazy. the crime of the century like right. he says, but it is something, right? Right, and it and it fits. He'll call it the crime of the century sure. even if it isn't. Right? Sure.
0: One of the conversations we've had the three of us mm-hmm. over time, and and it kind of came up the other day i'm not sure if it was yesterday or last week doesn't matter but it's the civility the 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 decline of civility in politics and i think what i said to fred is you imagine a president or former president on a stage with a young woman caitlin collins and and mocking a woman who just uh the day before won a judgment against him Maybe it wasn't rape, but it was rape adjacent. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, by the way, I just made that up. So use it if you want; it's a good one. Uh, I was, uh, but saying to what Caitlin Collins, she, she, almost a child, calling her a nasty woman, and his whole demeanor during that hour cartoon show. To me, it, it, well, let's talk a little bit about that, Tony. It's just what do the Republic, what do the uh, Democratic Republicans think of the decline of civility in politics?
5: yeah I mean it's the reality, right and and uh, Trump has he's broken all the rules and and in a sense, uh, it hasn't affected his standing with a, a segment of the population. so uh, I don't know whether that means that every politician can do what Trump does though. Uh, you know, be, it, the rules don't seem to apply to him in the same way that it would to other other political actors. Mm-hmm. So he, he might be a one off. I don't know. I guess we'll see over time whether it infects the political system after he's gone. Uh, or maybe there'll be a reaction and say, look, let's get to the age of civility again. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, politicians and their uh, advisors are looking for the best way to get a message out to the people that they need to get the message out to. Mm-hmm. And for decades now, guys, there's been an element of negativity in that negative ads or attack ads or whatever you want to call it. Everybody hates attack ads, but everybody deploys to attack ads because at some level they work with the people that they need to work it with. So that's not going to change anytime soon. And um, the calls to civility are going to continue. And, uh, but Uh, I don't see a big change in the way that uh, politics is conducted.
1: Well, you know, here, you can't advertise cigarettes anymore, right? You can't, whatever, and some other products too, I guess. Why couldn't they say from from this day forward, any political advertisement cannot mention your opponent? It can only be about you. What's wrong with that? you just find a way around that
5: you don't have to I necessarily guess. mention the, the opponent you know uh, you 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 call him you call him sleepy joe rather than joe biden yeah right? yeah i know so he's right that's what you do uh, but you know listen
0: you're you're right there there's we we you know here we are calling for more regulations you know i just wrote mm-hmm. down something as you were talking there tony you know i i like the cnn by the way cnn did not gain by much by having trump on for that hour in fact cnn is the fourth Rated cable network now it 's now actually behind some of the kooky other ones we don 't get up here newsmax so I think they 're behind, but anyway they 're not it didn 't give them the big bump they 'd hoped but uh, I always think, how did Trump know? I mean as much as I despise the guy and i 've read lo- 've read a lot about him, but how did he know back in two thousand and fifteen two thousand and sixteen when he said I could shoot somebody or I could shoot a gun on Fifth avenue and it wouldn 't lose me a vote? How did he frickin no because he knew he knew then that he had tapped into some kind of something in the zeitgeist if you will
5: he's not dumb he's a lot of things uh and we can go through the list of all the things he is but he's not dumb and uh he he does have a handle on the zeitgeist as you put it uh, howard and um and uh, there there was a let's face it Uh, There was a segment of the American population that had been ignored and uh, there, you know, the ruling classes had shown disdain for uh, globalization has lifted hundreds of millions of people out of poverty. But at the same time, some people were left behind uh, in these flyover states uh, in the Midwest and so on of, of the United States. So there was an opportunity there and he saw it before anybody else did. And, um, and that's what 2016 was all about.
1: Well, you know, he's like the Bill Parcells of politics. You know, he just seems to be one step of ahead of everybody else plus i imagine from you know strategy sessions or meetings when they thought we should do this a lot of other politicians would have said no we can't do that that's too right. dramatic and he said screw it we're doing this and we've seen the result. well
5: you know i i i've got one story from carl rove who told me this uh, told a group of us this story where uh, he was the you know the the republican operative for george w bush and uh, Trump came to him at one point and said, "You know, what what a, what's your what 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 would should be the right strategy to win?" And and he and Rove said, "Look, you, you just have to worry about uh, a, a, a four states, four swing states. You know, Florida, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and I think he said Wisconsin. Wisconsin yeah. uh, and and don't worry about anything else. You know, don't go to New York, and don't go to California, and don't go to Georgia." And Trump said, thanks. You know, that's really interesting. And then he completely ignored what Rose said and went to New York and did some stuff in California. But it is interesting that in
0: those four states were, are, were so important to his win. But, but, but here's the thing. I'll, I'll, I'll leave you with this. The fact that he started the CNN thing, Town Hall Circus, doubling, tripling, quadrupling down on the election was rigged stuff. I got to be honest, fellas, that's that's even surprised me. I was surprised. I was like, what? He's still going to go with this, even though it's basically been proven common knowledge, J6 committee. Everyone knows. But he doesn't care because he knows those people that support him. They think all that was bullshit.
5: And let me say this. And I said this on your show. I said it three, four months ago. I said the only way to beat Trump internally in the republican party is not that he's a jerk not that he's an a-hole none of that it's that he's a three-time loser he's yes. lost two midterm cycles and one presidential cycle so maybe howard uh him saying i didn't lose is his uh, inoculation against the only thing that could defeat him amongst the republican base which is you're a loser Right. Presumably that's that's what DeSantis is going to say. DeSantis is going to say, I'm a winner and you're a loser. Right. And and Trump's saying, I'm not a loser. I actually won. Mm
1: -hmm. So you you think DeSantis is going to officially jump in? I, I do. The, that's the scuttlebutt.
5: Yeah. Well, uh, people are. People are. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm more hawkish about it than than some. But no, mm-hmm. I, I think he's going to do it. Sure. Uh, I, I think he he should do it. And uh, maybe he doesn't win this time, but he'd win next time.
1: You see. You know, even on the stage of the other night when Caitlin Collins said to him, "You know, the next election, are you going to accept the outcome?" <laughs> and he says, "Yeah, if I think it's fair," which. You know, that, yeah. that was his response. Otherwise, in other words, if I win, yes. If I lose, no. That's, he, so, he's, again, you talk about doubling down. And the other thing, guys, because I know you're, you're great
5: American watchers, Nikki Haley, who's mm-hmm. the other scuttlebutt I heard last night, isn't attacking Trump that much at all. And she might be vying for the vice presidential yeah. slot.
0: Yes. For you so Canadians who don't like, you know, no, she was the, an ambassador – to the UN, to the UN, a very bright woman and quite fetching, if you can say that. Now is the daisies. Um, anyways, my friend, uh, we appreciate. See, and we got through this entire thing. We didn't talk about, you know, what's his face. You get the guy that you think should be the prime minister. Yeah. Uh, lo- PM. We uh, we like talking to you. It's great. Just look, Listen, we got. Look at the inside stuff. We got. Uh, I know you're waiting for an answer on a golf tournament. I just don't think yeah. we can. I don't think we can go all the way. I know he and I I, I just played uh, that course By the way Out in uh, I know in how'd, how'd it go You know I did okay I got a uh, Have you played that golf course Yeah many times So the 10th hole Is that little Weird little par 4 Dog leg right Yeah, yeah. I uh, I sank my second shot and made an eagle On that par 4 It was kind of cool Nice Which I don't It hasn't happened to me Very much But I I misqualifying By a couple shots I uh But I got. I think I'm an alternate into the tournament. But here's the thing: we're going to find some way here in the GTA to have some uh, some you time with Jody, Uh, because of course uh, Tony, our friend, uh, is also uh, a podcast host and, and a good one. Jody Jenkins, Tony Clement, host and another thing podcast. In the meantime, he's trying to make this country better. That's really, is a takeaway. What's the takeaway with Tony? He's trying to make come. You're not trying to make the country better. At least he's trying. Thanks, my friend.
1: Thanks, Tony. Always Good a to, to see you, you guys. Take yeah, okay, care, okay, guys. guys. You right can on.
0: you you people on Facebook. You can wank about Tony all you want, but he's out at least giving it a shot. <laughs> and we respect it. Take care, my friend. Beam. You gonna do some, uh, stuff. stuff? Here's some more people we respect
1: Yeah, Bodog Uh, listen, uh, game ones of the Eastern and Western Conference, uh, championships Of which the Toronto Maple Leafs are not involved, you all know that Oh, they're not? Oh, interesting no. Anyway, uh, tomorrow night, Carolina minus 145 against Florida. The favorite there, they're the home team. Vegas must, uh, minus must 125 against Dallas. Of course, Vegas has a home ice advantage there. Uh, th- none of this inspires me on any level. Uh, you know, as far as watching. You know, wagering all different things. <laughs> watching whether you're a sports better or a horse racing fan a poker casino player bodog your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry leading odds to the world-class sports book and feature rich poker room uh to their folded loaded casino uh, casino and race book they've been providing canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994
0: that's bodog how you know i was laughing I guess I didn't know what you said for a second because you went, I no i And I went, oh, wagering. What is he saying? Well, wagering is a whole other thing. Uh, I don't know if we're going to get a chance to get to some emails today. We'll see. But uh, Thursday's show. No, that's tomorrow. Thursday. Friday show this week. Our email show. It's going to be brought to you by Palma Pasta. Palma Pasta is back. We couldn't be happier. What a thrill. You know, that's a sponsorship that we had for quite some time. And then the old pandy, the old pandemic hit back in uh, 2020. Mm-hmm. And uh, everyone had to batten down the hatches. And Palma Pasta, like a lot of places, is coming back from that after 38 years of delivering quality Italian food from fresh pasta to sauces and prepared take-home entrees just heat and eat. I've got myself a couple of lasagnas there, Fred. I might have my, uh, you know, tomorrow afternoon, evening, watching the PGA. Oh, that's a great, uh, that's something to look forward to, Howard. Four locations, Freddy. One in Mm -hmm. Oakville, three in Mississauga. And if you can't make it out, order online. Palmapasta.com. And of course, uh, Palmas Kitchen. Amazing. Really, like, as we've been associated with these guys for a long time. And I remember when that opened, that Palmas Kitchen, and how it's grown. If you haven't been there in a while, check it out. If you haven't been there before, you gotta go. It's gonna be an experience for you. com. Okay? Yes. And now, as we uh, ready ourselves for uh, another episode of you The Retirement Sherpa. Boop, do Who's this? That's a little Aretha for you, my friend. That's Aretha? Okay. Yeah. Because right um, uh, what happened was I played Respect, because I've got a theme going now. Oh, and right. And the okay, other yes. song just kind of bled into it because I right. I don't have a mouse. Okay, Dan. But I do have this. I can play this uh, introduction if I want. And now, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Squared Circle, one of our uh, longtime contributors and uh, supporters, someone that we uh, obviously respect. The theme continues. Tim Dodd-Niblett and Raymond James. Beep ca Here uh, to inform us once again is uh, Timothy Niblett Esquire. Good morning, Tim. Good morning,
1: there, gentlemen. How are we doing? Very good. Very good.
0: That's the kind of introduction that you deserve, my friend. Well,
4: thank you, thank you. As, as you might remember, we were getting a puppy last Saturday, and uh, talk to us five thirty. Am wake up calls. She's just been a doll. She's been perfect. Mm. Uh, what kind of dog? A, a cockapoo. Apparently, the original designer dog, I believe. Right. How big will it get? She's about I don't know six pounds right now. We we're, we're thinking up to about twenty. That was part of the thought uh, process, getting right. the right size, Mobile, and all, but for uh, sure, yep, yeah, pretty tiny little thing right now. And what's the dog's name? Uh, Allie.
0: Allie, because of, of the Florida gators. Alligator. Allie, gator. Allie yeah,
4: yeah, so our boy was a uh, gator, and our girl is Allie. So that was, that was Lorna's fault. I, I'm sure I had something to do with the conditioning, but uh, this ca- that was her brilliant idea. This came about. up the other day because our friend Dan Duran will not let a dog lick its
0: face because, you know, he's German. But uh, there's nothing better than puppy breath, right? It's fucking, it's unbelievable.
4: Yeah, she is... Just so cute, guys. I mean, she's just she's smart. She's spunky. She's already running up and down the stairs to the, uh, the backyard, up and down. And uh, yeah, puppy breath is pretty good. It is pretty good. They should bottle it somehow. <laughs> well, there be you like go. Uh, scent of the sea. I mean, <laughs> That's that right. Episode there. Well, there right.
1: you go, Timmy. You're on a what twelve to thirteen year adventure now. That thing steals your heart, becomes yeah. a big part of your life. I envy you on some level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, that, I'm sure that's what Tim wants to think
0: about now. There's 13 years from now when the dog dies. I, said
1: it's a th- I didn't say that. I said a 13-year adventure. Well, why go with that? Why even go there? Why, year go there? One to why go it's there? a wonderful thing?
0: Why even bother? He's, he's talking about the joy of the puppy going up the stairs, and now you've got him thinking about where in the backyard. 13 years of joy. And where in the backyard? He's going to bury it. I'm sorry, Tim. <laughs> Tim, I apologize. Let's get to something. Tim. I did
1: not mean that. Oh, I didn't just, you? I said mm, I envy well, you.
0: Because, now because, the thing is, I got to see hmm. Tim today at Ladies Day. I have got to comfort him, hug. Mm. it's okay tim
4: <laughs> anyway
0: tim let's talk about something we can all agree on which is you've got uh you've got it figured out and uh, while well, you've got certainly the advice for people when it comes to financial acumen what are we going to talk about this
4: week well you got to have a plan stan right mm. that's right you don't want to hike out the back uh jack so <laughs> we um <laughs> okay we talk about plans a lot well a little uh, paul simon right mm-hmm. sure oh, yes. um, we, we talk about plans a lot, so I just thought we'd kind of talk a bit about why you want to do a plan. Like, why is it important? The Sherpa always says, well, you got to start with a plan. Well, why the heck do you start with a plan, right? So, it, it it the first level, there's there's lots of layers really to it, but it just helps you inform your investment decisions overall, right? A, a projection, a plan will show what you're on track for doing everything you're doing now mm-hmm. so that's how we can find opportunities how we can find efficiencies hey how we can find what you're doing great and and to keep doing it right so it, it helps us do some logical thinking you know
0: planning in anything and, and you can hear a little paul simon for you which is one of, i one of my favorite songs of his although in the in the 70s when this came out whenever it was it was a bit kind of a novelty song um you know, a lot of times in sports psychology, especially golf psychology, they talk about focusing on process, not results. And I imagine it's similar in your line of business because people are always freaking out about the results of their portfolio, but they get in, you, you, you can help shepherd them or Sherpa them into being invested in the process and the planning.
4: Right. And, and, you know, we all know kind of intellectually going in, things don't go linearly, that things have ups and downs. Uh, As we talked before, us human beings process loss a lot higher volume than we do gain in in all areas of life. And investments are no different. But, you know, if if you've got a good plan, it really helps usually it's a couple not always but mm-hmm. you know uh, if you like to talk to yourself it works too but it helps you discuss your your priorities and your goals and how does kind of living in this home fit how does maybe moving somewhere else fit uh it, it just gives you a good baseline to have some real facts to make decisions around mm-hmm. and if you're
1: younger sometimes making those plans for you know 10 15 years down the road seems like really we got to do this now well yeah you do because that time goes by in a blink of an eye and you know what what do they say well-laid plans uh lead to prosperity and that's
4: the situation I thought it was well-made made plans okay, whatever, uh, create whatever. idle hands. But that yeah, whatever right. yeah, but yeah. You know what I'm
1: saying. It, it's, the best laid like, plans of mice and men. Anyway, those years whip by quickly,
4: and the plans you make now are going to mean so much in the future. Oh, for sure. I mean, to use a flying uh, metaphor to tie into your discussions about that earlier on, mm-hmm. I mean, if you take out of Toronto and you start going west and you go the same length of time... Where you're aiming kind of makes a big difference for where your destination is, right? So, Mm -hmm. I mean, money is no different. Do you, do you want to end up in San Francisco? Do you want to end up in Vancouver? you want to end up in alaska if you kind of know that at the beginning the same length of time almost and energy will get you to any of those places yep. you got to make sure you aim at the right one
0: oftentimes we uh, you'll quote stephen covey which I, I i love his stuff and you know i think you, you brought it up a week ago or so we're talking about begin with the end in mind in terms of the planning process if you don't kind of like that if you know mm-hmm. what is the end game and what is the end goal
4: but the quote you have this week i love this if you don't know where you're going, any uh, road will get you there. So any flight plan in the previous metaphor there, it, it just, we find it really gives people peace of mind too, when they've just got a better, uh, again, life's not linear, just because we put it into a spreadsheet or, or in a nice presentation doesn't make it reality, but it, it, it gives people a real nice peace of mind to kind of understand where they're at and uh, and where they're going.
1: Yeah, and you can track it along the way. Am I am I on the right track when you actually have a track? Yeah, all makes
0: sense. Well, and I was getting back to what I said to you about the sports psychology thing and that is, you know, if if somebody is is results oriented, you're always at the at sort of the vagaries of up or down the markets and they're they're always freaking out about how markets are doing, but if you have an mm-hmm. overall plan with the Sherpa, then you can focus on the process as you are getting there. Because and one of the things you've said over the years I really love, which is you know, you can't get 8% or whatever your goal is without having some years be 15 and some years being 5. So. And,
4: and we know that uh, those years are going to happen too, right? Exactly. So, yeah, you, you don't expect things to go exactly 6.2% up every year and inflation at 2.1% or whatever. You, you just kind of know that that's a general uh parameters you're you're working with and things will vary up and down it's just as long as it's going in the right direction for you you know my other role tim as golf spiritual leader i often tell people in my golf world you know
0: like every golfer thinks today's the day that nothing bad is going to happen on the golf course and for some reason they seem surprised when they hit the odd bad shot when you know in actual fact we know today there's going to be some bad shots and the fact that we still once in a while where'd that come from oh i don't know <laughs> what do you mean well, i love when people where'd that come from well because where we suck is where it came from uh anyways
4: timmy are you are you playing today even though it's, it's 13 degrees for a high yes yeah yeah looking forward to it. well 13 my favorite number so uh, i guess i've got to play but uh, i didn't think i was going to have any bad shots today it's it's well, sorry, sorry. sorry, Well, you know what? That's why I'm your golf Sherpa. Sorry to be the bearer of bad news. Uh, well, listen, man. I, I do find it funny, myself included, and all of us. We'll hit a horrible shot for the thousand. <laughs> That's time. right. We'll hit a little little weak, feeble cut out to the right sort of thing. And... uh i go, how the hell did that happen? Well, we haven't lost 10,000
0: times. That's, That's right. <laughs> I think we should be more surprised when it doesn't happen. Tim. <laughs> Tim. <laughs> it at RaymondJames.ca. Congratulations on your new puppy. And uh, I'll look forward to seeing you this afternoon.
4: A pleasure as always, gentlemen. Enjoy and profit.
0: Uh see you, Tim. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thank you, sir. I don't know. I'm, I don't know what I'm going to say to him today. Yeah. Sorry that uh, Fred wanted your
1: dog to die. So weird. No, well, again, you know, you don't hear things properly sometimes. Oh no, I know. I, I said don't. a thirteen-year adventure. I, uh-huh. I didn't say. Uh-huh. You know, I was yeah, that. Sad.
0: That was. Hey, that's on me. <laughs> I was just oh. trying. I was just trying to create some fun, but that's on me.
1: <laughs> you know, I was at my daughter's last night. Doll's birthday yesterday. We Doll. had the only Thai food, and we got a bow tie cake from Costco, which are very delicious. Oh, um, you went all out. Yes, we did. Nice. Well, that's what the kids like. Um, But both uh, grand dogs were there, and I was just looking at them. The joy they have brought to the family. Like, it's just amazing. They're two distinctly different dogs, wonderful in their own way. But the joy on the faces of the family as they look at those dogs and pet them and talk to them, it really is something. What dogs do for us?
0: Yeah, for sure. You know, like he, you know, even quirky old Stan, who is yeah, uh, of course, quirky old Stan and I. Like he's, you've been around him, Dan. Like he's just, yeah, he's yeah, a yeah. sweet guy. He doesn't want doesn't want anybody any harm for anybody. He's just so weird, oh, you know. But
2: when I we come, should home, be playing. We should be playing sentimental music right now, please. Okay, Dan. Sorry, I didn't get sentimental the script music through all of this. Oh, sorry. fuck me. <laughs>
0: Anyway, uh, like I fucking color this show quite nicely, thank you, with the music. Yeah. <laughs> I know you do. So, uh, well, but you know, but I, I come home and. You know, he, he does this thing now at the top of the stairs where we both, like, howl. <laughs> I don't know if you ever seen me do it. But mm-hmm. he start, I, I get him now because I, I sort of, he starts to get a little howling and then mm-hmm. I start to howl and we howl together and, it's, and he comes and gives me a kiss and then I don't see him for three hours, but that first part's great. Anyway.
1: Is it the same howl you use when you're in the throes of lovemaking? That howl? Howard.
0: <laughs> yes. That's the one I use. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's, uh, <laughs> it's been a while.
2: He has so many <laughs> owls to choose from. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, that's um, right. Yeah. Mm, Can I yeah. tell a
1: story on the show or off the show? With, uh, off the show. The, um, on Saturday when Dan arrived at the trailer and... Two over, there's a, a dog named. Uh, oh yeah, you said about yeah the old Malibu guy. and Malibu jumped out of the car looking for Cliff. Yeah. It was sad. Yeah, uh, that was uh, sad. Running around Dan's trailer like, "Where's Clifford? Where's Clifford?" Sniffing around, just expecting his uh, buddy to come out, and it didn't happen. Right, uh,
2: coming back. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, maybe now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah, I'm trying to find. Uh some sad music here. Fuck out oh, right now. Yeah. Should have sad <laughs>
1: yeah, like...
2: music on a, on a button there, shouldn't you? Uh-huh.
1: But again, as I was sort of watching that, and I felt blue, and it bothered me that he wasn't on my deck. I, you know, you got all... I just look what a great life Cliff had. You know what I mean? He spent his whole life at that park and had great times, and uh, by dog standards, lived a good long life. So. Yeah. Yeah, you got to look at the upside. Mm-hmm. I know if you were
0: listening to the show, Dan, when you know we were talking about Tim's new puppy, and all Fred could think of was when the puppy dies. Oh, that'll be great, Tim. fucker, I did not. He's like, you know, and I'm just thinking, oh, fuck, this is a friend of our show. This is a client, you know. Hey, congratulations on your new dog. Yeah. Guess you'll be getting ready to defer him to die in 13 yeah. years. Don't forget about the countdown. Holy, oh, okay. are you glass being serious? Half, was, was, was that glass half in, empty.
1: Was that presented in an improper way? Seriously. No.
0: <laughs> you know, let me quote somebody I worked with for most of my life. I was just fucking having a little, doing a little bit there, my friend. Oh, okay. <laughs> just doing a bit.
1: You know what? Because I wouldn't want to upset Tim. Like, oh, no, I know. Man. You know now. He knows I, the listen, dog's no, no, gonna what? die.
3: <laughs>
0: he didn't. Every Maybe guy. he did. Maybe he didn't. This will know. be the
1: dog that doesn't This is
0: the one dog that lives forever. And there you go. Yeah. Fucking there's a client. You know, I'll get a call later, like, oh listen, Howard, I'm thinking of moving our advertising to the Jesse and Jean podcast <laughs> where they don't talk about my dog passing away. <laughs> Uh, let's uh, get off this subject and get on to this. Now, here's to a fella
4: named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hell of a big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes as as for credentials, he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum,
3: but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the man's here He's prone
2: to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang so he don't care And his voice is nice and low my voice is nice and low.
0: And now from Lisa's well-appointed living room uh, with news and views. Hey, if you're wondering what Dan's going to do, uh, what did we talk about yesterday? It's about <laughs> yes, <to happen. laughs> we're talking about the record uh, dog age is uh, 31. 31, that's right. A yeah, yeah. no no solution
2: is. to the fear of eating plastic fruit labels or plastifrubal osis hmm. is, uh, is, is an eye. There's many times how many times have you bitten into a shiny apple and realized that you have a piece of plastic hanging off your lip?
0: Huh? I, occasionally. You know, like,
2: like the label. Sometimes I've but done label. that. Label. Label. Oh, is
1: that plastic? Yeah, yes. That plastic. No. It's a
2: plastic okay. price look up label or PLU. Right. What they call it. Yes. Okay. Okay. Now yes. there's a Canadian company in Lakeshore, Ontario, somewhere around Windsor, who are cranking out paper compostable labels. So you can put them in a composter, not a big deal. Probably digest it, not a big deal. It's mm. not like microplastics going into our uh, our uh, food stream again. <coughs> in fact, right now, there's a, uh, a published regulatory paper, which is currently open for public comment, uh, with the federal government proposing new rules that, in, that will include all the price lookup labels, you know they, all the produce stickers that you see on things. It's always bugged me. Have you ever gone any? Like, first of all, you buy a package of them, or, like you go to a Costco, even you get a, a six or eight of something, and then inside you are know, peeling off these little plastic labels so you don't end up eating them.
1: Mm. So your point is, Dan, if they're packaged together, why does everyone need a exactly. need one of these
2: labels? Oh, why do you, you need yeah. that? I you know, it's, uh, I know what you do. Call the manager of things. <laughs> Why is it a uh-huh. number? Oh, it's a banana. Okay, I don't care if it's a Chiquita banana or another banana. I just want a banana. I love it when you're outraged over nothing. <laughs> so anyway, it are is just, true. There's, there's trucks is. that pull up to organic compostable you know systems that they turn those trucks away because they got these little labels on them. They can't they can't process them because the contaminants would be too much for their uh, their you know organic uh, compost. Well, I can see yeah. that you've given this some i I often,
1: like, when I'm over at Sobeys and I see all the apples, every bloody apple has a little sticker on it. Are they put on manually or by a machine, or does somebody at the grocery store have to but, but put a what, sticker but what on a goddamn album?
0: What are or? those stickers for, though? They're, they're there to read something, are they not? Yeah, the price. Price lookup,
2: that's what he said. Well, that's they, they're all PLL PLUs. Yeah. PLUs, yeah. Well, that's then. There's your answer, Dan. Because some they, of them have a little barcode on them, but some of them yeah. also had like four zero three two, which you enter manually. Because if you, out but it. if you mm-hmm. take a single apple, they don't do them inside the bag of
0: apples. They do no. them sometimes on the single. Oh no! No, no but
1: Dan's saying sometimes they do. But I never buy a bag of apples. Yeah, I me like Individually, so I can choose. Well, because exactly Dan goes to Costco way. where
2: everything is four hundred apples, <laughs> <laughs> of course. But you know, in the olden days. The cash register, you know, with the, you know, there was electric. Yes. Yes, you know, the cashier would look at an apple and say, oh, that's an apple. Mm. You know, Um, I have something (laughs) encouraging to report. Yes, please. Um,
1: And uh, Dan, it confirms what you told me, I believe, on the weekend or recently. Uh, Costco mixed unsalted nuts are 1999. They had risen to like 24, 25, Mm, 26 dollars. A jar, and they've actually declined in price uh, to nineteen ninety nine. Oh, that's so, great uh, news. Nice. I picked one up yesterday because I think Dana told me. I said, "Boy, those things are twenty six, twenty seven bucks a jar now," and he said, "No, they've come down." So yesterday, the Fred Man is back in the. Uh, I'm back in the nut game. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's
0: fascinating. Pro- propane refill. No, no. Come let's, just, let's just take a second and just acknowledge what? that that bit of information was fascinating. They used to be 26, and now they've come down to 20, and you're well, buying them again.
1: Well, there's people out there that might like that information, oh, I like unsalted mixed nuts and, uh, <laughs> well, you know.
0: Here's the thing. We can only hope somebody out there would <laughs> you enjoy know, that information. Thre- there,
1: there is a threshold with some things. It's like, okay, that's too much. I'm not buying them anymore. And I was like that with my mixed nuts. So <laughs> what now, is the threshold? 25 is the threshold
0: for mixed nuts.
1: <laughs> somewhere in there. No, no. <laughs> Holy was, man. Once they get over 22. How much money that. do
0: you need to leave these fucking kids? Like, seriously, have the fucking <laughs> nuts. <laughs> God damn it. Hey, uh, by the way, Dan, before we get I'll to I'll put your... some
1: on your chin. Oh, I bet you'd like that. Unsalted.
0: <laughs> no, but those would be salted. And probably not worth 26 bucks.
3: Salted your feeble
0: those all would wrinkled. Be salted <laughs> All fucking wrinkly. No. Gray. With your gray wrinkled pubic hair. Uh-oh. Hey, Dan, just before we get to your second story, I'd like to talk oh, yeah. about uh... yeah. Fine people at Aaron Ventures Now Boron 1 In fact, tomorrow I think is going to be the first time in quite some time That our buddy Tim Daniels is going to pop in on this program And talk about what they've been doing And I'm telling you what They've been doing some things Trying to get Boron out of the ground It's not uh, boring to the people that invest in this company Maybe the Sherpa should be a call about uh, AaronVentures.com a junior mining and exploration company, trying to make this uh, thing a go, because as I've mentioned, boron boron is in everything. Uh, so many items, whether it's uh, the screen on your phone or uh, pieces and parts of electric cars. And Aaron Ventures is doing what they can to get it out of the ground and make it commercially viable, which would be great to add to say your portfolio. AaronVentures.com The name of the company If you want to trade Is Boron1 We're making no recommendations We can't We're just a couple of nerds But uh, go check out the company Or have an expert do it AaronVentures.com You're all done Right there, Frederick. Yes, sir Okay Mm -hmm. All right, Dan, uh, please uh, just pause While I I I'm pausing If I had a mouse uh, Everybody pause And uh, and now with his uh, Possible second story Mhm. Maybe it's about the WestJet pilot strike. That was something we talked
2: We talked about on this show. <laughs> yes, if you're 9 years old, be careful on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Researchers at a nonprofit uh, organization that studies social media wanted to understand the connection between YouTube videos and gun violence. So they simulated two nine-year-olds who both like video games. The accounts were identical, except that one uh, clicked on videos recommended by YouTube, and the other ignored the uh, the platform's suggestions. You know how it suggests on the right hand side, uh, you only watch this if you watch that mm-hmm. kind of thing. The account that clicked on YouTube suggestions was flooded with very soon with graphic videos about school shootings, tactical gun training videos, how to instructions on making firearms fully automatic. One video, video featured an elementary age girl, uh, school age girl, welding, wielding, I'm sorry, a handgun. Mm. Another showed a shooter using a 50 caliber gun to fire on a dummy said this is a nine year old. It's, uh, you know theoretically uh, doing this, this uh, viewing. Mm. The accounts that followed YouTube's suggested videos received 382 different firearms-related videos in a single month, or about 12 a day. The accounts that ignored that uh, only received about 34. Spokesman for YouTube defended the platform's protection for children, noting that it requires uh, users under 17 to get parental pers- uh, permission. But still, I mean, how is this even... Possible that your uh, kids watching this kind of violent stuff, it, it's astonishing. Yeah, you're just, I mean, you've got to be, a, you know, you can't be around them 24
1: hours a day. Yeah. The whole thing, too, is with, you know, you have grandkids and small kids, the access, the easy access to pornography, what these kids are going to see. Long before we ever saw it, is just. I don't oh, know, for sure. What effect does that have? Getting back
0: have? to uh, the gun thing, though, Dan, did you just say, I think it was Trump who said the day after the <laughs> Trump circus thing, where uh, his solution to the school shootings was once again to give all the teachers guns?
3: Yeah,
0: arm the teachers. Oh, yeah, arm, yeah. arm the teachers. What a, yeah, what a weird. I, I, that's why I just don't understand that country anymore. What a weird. Society you've built for yourselves, where you're actually having conversations about, Mm -hmm. you know, well, what we should do to to protect the children in schools because they're getting shot so much is give the Mm -hmm. fucking teachers uh, fucking uh, guns. They won't give the teachers all the supplies they need. It's Mm -hmm.
2: just, it's madness. Let's prevent people from falling downstairs by removing the chair, the handrails. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, exactly.
1: You know, um, even that, again, getting back to that Kid Rock video of him taking the machine gun out and hitting and and shooting the Bud Light. I mean, just the message that sends, number one, intolerance and hate. And I know I said this the other day, but I I can't get that out of my mind. And then the example, you know, to any Yahoo that thinks that's a good idea. And then to introduce a gun into it, it's like, wow, wow, you asshole. Yes. Don't talk about being an influence. You asshole.
0: Bad. Uh for sure. Listen, uh that's a lot of show. We did a lot of show. Dan was here, we had Tim, we had Tony. We had some fun and uh and well, that's all we got.
1: I had no fun. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I did. No. You may not have had fun, but I had some fun, especially when you want, no fun at all. Especially when you want to sponsor sponsor's <laughs> dog to die. Um, okay. So tomorrow it's uh, all emails uh, and uh, we'll have a visit from our buddy Tim out in Florence, Italy. And of course, that uh, email program brought to you by uh, Palma a uh, Pasta. Uh, Daniel,
2: This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, Bodog, Aaron Ventures, EVNet.ca, and Architect Outdoor... I'm sorry, Architect Outdoor Living and our newest sponsor, which is a previous sponsor returning, Palma Pasta. We read all of our emails, and we've got the Friday email show coming up. Humble and Fred at HumbleAndFredRadio.com Liking, subscribing helps us out, so does writing a review, and pressing the heart button and watching it float up the screen. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and remember, I'm not AI. Or am I? No, I'm not. But I might be. Nope. But maybe. Okay, I'm whatever you want, just as as long as you enjoy every goddamn day.
3: Where's that?